What's going on, guys? T here. Before we get into tonight's Krampus episode, I just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for your support over the months since the podcast relaunch. Hand of a Scare has seen some tremendous growth with our new format, and we couldn't have done that without you guys. We have some absolutely crazy stuff in the works right now, and if you're looking to directly support the show, you can now do so via our Patreon. We have tiers starting at just $1 a month, and pleasure can earn you any number of perks, including patron shoutouts, early episode access, commentary tracks, first looks at merchandise, which we'll have more news on that very soon, and so much more. To learn more, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash handle with scare. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle Whisker. We are a horror podcast presented by the Slashing Cast Network, discussing horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Throughout the month of December, we are celebrating the holidays and sleigh season with a number of Christmas horror features. And tonight, we are talking about Michael Doherty's Krampus, released in 2015, which uh, is about a boy who has a bad Christmas uh, accidentally, you know, summoning a festive demon to his family home. And of course, you know, you got to deal with the pesky in-laws. There's a whole lot of fighting between the family. You got toys of terror. Yeah, you've got snowstorms coming out of nowhere. Uh, you got dumbass kids. You, you got, you, yeah, you... You, you got snowmans popping up randomly in front of your house, staring you down, which uh, are, you know, a great thing to hide behind if you're an elf. Uh, all yeah, of that and above. Mean aunties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got, uh, you got the aunties serving the miners uh, schnapps. <laughs> and you got the champ. Yeah. That is also 100% accurate. <laughs> and Fargo Lady. And I want to say Adam Scott. And Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. Pretty, it's a pretty good cast. And uh, you got Angel Bitch, who sits atop That's the tree. That's right. <laughs> That's uh, so 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 many good things. All right, so episode thirty-seven, all about Krampus. Of course, I am your host, Tommy Drunk, joined as always by my co-host Holly Hooch. And Holly, like this is Hi. the second time holiday horror with Michael Doherty, and uh, you know, Trick or Treat is definitely. I, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite holiday horror movie across the board, it's but I would close, say right? if it's not number one, it's definitely num- number two, I would say. Ooh. Overall, I, I think Black Christmas right. is probably still my favorite. Um, holiday movie or holiday horror movie? Horror. Okay, okay. Ooh, gosh, that'd be tough for me to choose. I'll work on that. I'm going to get my favorite horror movie. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, but uh, you know we we have this movie which uh, you know I, I I think because of how well Trick or Treat was received, uh, when when I first caught word of this, I was like, oh sweet, going back to the holiday roots, because uh, Trick or Treat really helped put Michael Doherty on the map. And I was just like, okay, uh, Krampus is definitely a story. You know, I don't know like how well known the mythos is in the states. For, I feel for like in Krampus. The last, I feel like in the last, like, maybe, like, ten, seven or ten years, and these are very arbitrary numbers, I'm not basing <laughs> them on anything, um, like, maybe coinciding with, like, the Office episode where they, they do a whole Krampus thing, mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's definitely been, like, a boon okay. of, like, Krampus sort of knowledge been put out there. I mean, it's a really interesting uh, 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 legend or fairy tale, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it, so... It, it makes a lot of sense, right? But um, yeah, I would say that I feel like I've heard a lot about Krampus at this point, but only in the last, like, you know, decade or, or mm-hmm. less. How about you? You heard a 
lot about Krampus growing yeah. up? Not, not really. You know, I've always, yeah, I've always kind of had like that intrigue with dark fairy tales. Um, but yeah, I know we're creeps. We have a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's why. That's that's why we do this. Uh, <laughs> because we're creeps. Besides the point. Uh, but yeah, it's just this movie came out, and then all of a sudden we have like eighteen thousand Krampus movies. Right. Uh, that's called that. There. See, that's that's what happens. You you leave the footnote, and then you know it it sinks in the, the snow, or yeah. or in this case the the shredded diapers. That's that's another story. Uh, <laughs> and and, and then forest. and then you have like eighteen other people who are like, oh, I could do something with this, and then you just have regurgitated straight to DVD Krampus movies coming out like every year. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. But you know, we got a good one. And does a Christmas horror story have a Krampus? It has a Krampus, but it's really different, right? Or it has a Christmas demon? I can't remember. It's been a while since I saw that one. Yeah, the uh, the other one at. Uh, directly comes to mind because I watched this one recently. Is Sleigh Bells has a Santa mm, okay. versus Krampus story, uh, which is also like another. That's an interesting movie. It's a, it's an indie movie. It's not super low budget, but it's not super high budget either. Uh, but you mm-hmm. have like this uh, these cosplayers uh, who like have like this YouTube channel, and they're I'm trying to remember why they go there, but it's like an abandoned like Santa's village or like a Christmas themed amusement park. Uh, where Santa actually lives, apparently, uh, and then they end up having a whole Santa versus Krampus ordeal, and mm-hmm. it, and once once it gets to that point, it just is absolutely absurd and awesome. Uh, but it's it's another one of those movies that uh, has a very gray line in regards to if you're gonna love it or hate it. There's no middle ground yeah. <laughs> uh, with with that type of movie. But Although, cr- it, it, I was just gonna say that you know you're talking about the uh, the action pack fantasy sequences mm-hmm. and it reminds me of of course you know scrooge <laughs> the, the um the uh, uh the movies that he wants to make for the channel like involving like you know automatic weapons and santa and like mm-hmm. it's just fucking hilarious <laughs> all right but let's get into it so we have krampus which is a really good throwback piece you know it it, is. it it paired perfectly with what we talked about last week with gremlins uh and i i know the film had wanted to use the universal uh opening logo from like the early 80s uh because like it depicted you know that sort of style it had the spirit of the 80s horror movies uh universal is just like nope not happening so that that got denied uh and this is a movie that was shot on a pretty tight schedule. You know, they say that. It's like a 40-day shoot. Uh, and a lot of it was wow. actually shot on, uh, like, sound stages. There was only one scene in particular that was shot on location, and that was during the opening credit scene uh, where you get, like, that slow-motion <laughs> look the Black of uh, Black Friday mm-hmm. carnage oh, uh, awesome. right when the doors open. Uh, but Have you th- ever been in one of those situations, by the way? Uh, with, like... In black like, are, 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 like are we talking about like being there at the front of the line the at five yeah. o'clock for door open or are you talking about like yeah. being in line at that point like further back because those are two completely different experiences that is true i um <laughs> i was i've done both sfi yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean like i kind of gave up you do it a couple of times and then you really lose your taste for it because it is really hellish <laughs> i mean Getting up that early and, uh, you know, being in like... Uh, Okay, okay, hold on. I gotta stop you right there. Getting up that early. You know, there's been a lot of times where we've camped out. For for Black Friday. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, it was never, okay, we're gonna wake up at like four o'clock and get in line. No, you stay up. All right, so what were you getting the times that you did that? Like, what amazing product are you buying? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're gonna, it's, are you going to embarrass yourself? Right uh, no, 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 no. But it, it's, you're probably going to give the reaction of, like, wait, what? Yeah. I want to. Let's hear it. Okay. So. <laughs> this got so serious. I'm so sorry. If this is going to become traumatic, we don't have to talk about it. So every year. <laughs> uh, Goose Island 
<laughs> releases uh, Bourbon County Stouts. Okay. So every year they have like very specific new flavors that come out and they're always nice. released. Uh, it's all limited edition barrels and stuff like that every year. <laughs> and uh, the the price for said bottles on the market are uh, very enticing. <laughs> so because they release we like naked people or something or I don't know. Well, we're just talking about, like, uh, there's only so many bottles produced of this beer mm -hmm. that it, it's kind of like a Black Friday thing where you camp out a, in front of Binnie's or whatever, and then, you know, you have a, nice. you're able to buy a limited amount of, of, yeah. of, of, of quantity. Uh, but that it's definitely more like tailgating than, like, you know. That, that, that is true, but it's just the timing of it is always the same time for, for Black Friday. It's just when, when they release it. But, like, the, the, better. The, okay. the, the cost per bottle, like, resale is ridiculous on, oh, on them, okay. which is one of, the, one of the more enticing reasons to actually do this. Outside of that, like, you know, like, for, like, campouts, you know, you're used to, like, uh, like if there's a new video game console coming out during the holidays or maybe you need a new TV which you know nowadays with Black Friday with how early things start like I'm not even yeah. talking about on Black Friday itself like people are always starting their deals super fucking early so like oh, you don't yeah. even have to worry about it like the whole okay I'm gonna camp outside for uh since like Thanksgiving evening at 4 o'clock to like buy a 60 inch TV that's a thing of the past that's yeah, not to say absolutely. that people still aren't getting there early for doorbusters because that's always going to be a thing but yeah. with just how accessible things are online like it definitely mm -hmm. has shied us away from needing that sort of experience and it's just so it much more convenience but yes yeah. what was your favorite what's your favorite doorbuster pro uh, doorbuster product that I would go towards, like yeah, I know I, I would always gravitate towards uh, DVD purchases on Black oh. Friday. So I would always oh. be the one who would be like flocking over to the electronics <laughs> and buying like Seinfeld or like The Simpsons for like twelve dollars a season. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've I've purchased so many uh, waffle irons, and I know people are like, <laughs> why don't you just purchase like a decent waffle iron? Mm -hmm that you don't have to throw away in about a year and a half. Not this $10 waffle iron that's, yeah, only going to last you about 18 months. And I tell them, because I have a great 18 months with that waffle iron, mm -hmm. and then I don't have to house it anymore in my apartment until two years later when I decide to buy another one. Yeah. But, I, you know, I got to be more sustainable. That's not a very green practice of mine. But anyways, yeah, I gravitate towards the waffle irons. I think they're amazing. But maybe I should have gravitated towards the DVs. Although one year when I was 19, uh, my very first Black Friday, which was like the real one where I went and uh, got there like 4 a.m. And we were waiting for those doors to open. And when I, they opened up, I made it all the way to the uh, – oh, no, they opened them up early because they didn't want people to stampede. So they opened them up early and people were like going in. And they uh, – I can't remember if it was just a Walmart or like a Target or what. But they had these pallets of product that were wrapped in butcher paper. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you can you can line up next to them, mm -hmm. but you can't open them until doesn't like, stop anyone. Yeah, it doesn't stop this little old lady like opening, like, you know, like she's opening a tiny little present. She just grabs a little edge and she starts opening it up. And I knew, I don't know how I figured it out, but I was there for a DVD player. Because they were selling like this super cheap $40 DVD player. And, uh, and I did this because I wanted to gift it to my parents for Christmas. So, yeah, so I, that was my Black Friday thing. That, that was the, the thing, like cheap-ass $40 DVD player back in <laughs> 2001 or 2002. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a far cry from, like, when DVD players first came out and they were, like, $300 or something stupid. Yeah. Yeah, we go, we yeah. Go, we go through that every cycle. It was the same when, like, Blu-ray players came out. It was the same when the eight, uh, like... HDTVs came out, same with the 4K, you know, curved monitors, you name it, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's always a thing, and then the price just plummets uh, 
for for whatever reason. And, you know, part of that is just because of, like, how many companies are making a product, so it just drives prices down. Uh, but anyways, getting back to Krampus. Now that oh, now right. we got Black Friday. Uh, I, I do appreciate that both of these movies were sort of very much so looking at, like, the, mm-hmm. the darker side of people's personalities during Christmas. So it's not just, you know, oh, everything's nice and wonderful and... And we're all great. Every it, both of these uh, <laughs> Krampus is mu- uh, much like Gremlins from last week. They're both said in like, oh look, everybody kind of sucks, and we all <laughs> need to like you know fucking snap out of it and become better people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and much like Gremlins, you know this movie the way that it's structured, you have like the first third of the movie, which is nothing related to horror at all, yeah. unless you're talking about the nightmare well, of dealing with your extended family. Yeah. Uh, and which is one of the things that I really like, and it, 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 that's why it reminds me so much of Gremlins. So it it fixates mm-hmm. so much on the holiday rather than honing in on those different elements of the genre. And I, I for whatever reason, this has been a thing in uh, both Trick or Treat and mm-hmm. in Krampus. Uh, sure. The disdain or love for Charlie Brown. Oh, (laughs) you know, in trick or treat, the little boy didn't want anything to do with Charlie Brown because Charlie Brown is an asshole. Uh, And in in this one, Max uh, just wants to watch Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I totally didn't notice that. That's super cute. But yeah, I I really liked um, I actually had a lot of fun watching the movie before it turned into a horror movie. The, mm-hmm. Just like the whole, the, the dynamics of the family and like people being annoyed and, and everybody, nobody was like that awful, but everybody was just annoying enough to make it a bad time. Mm-hmm. But if you take every individual character one by one, you're like, well, you're not that bad. But uh, yeah, you put everybody together. It's, it's definitely like a little toxic, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, you have uh, Colette's character who, you know, has got everything ready. You know, she knows that her family's coming over. And even though, she's too like, much of a she, control freak she doesn't really yeah. get along with her sister, but she's putting all this effort. And then, you know, you got, like, this Hummer coming in and all these loud-ass kids. And, like, the whole house is shaking when they pull up. Yeah. When, which is very, very, like, it's, like, so out of place Jurassic where it's, like, Park, yeah. <laughs> it, it is, like, Jurassic Park. But you're just, like... How big of a vehicle are they driving to uh, actually make this house quake? Like that just—that's not a thing that should ever be happening. <laughs> oh, oh dear. But yeah, it's just and it's obnoxious. I mean, I don't even know if there's cars that can really do that that are not like semi trucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty great. Um, and then what was up with that? The little uh, the 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 son, not the not Max, but the cousin. Like, Mr. I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to be slightly <laughs> dumb the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I was very upset with him when he ate that gingerbread man. Like, that was completely uncalled for. You know, you you would think that a gingerbread man who came uh, diving down the chimney attached to a metal hook would have been kind of kind of kind of a Gross. kind of a red flag. I, at the very least, that's a dirty gingerbread man. You should not be eating that, even if you think it's food. It's gross. Yeah, well, and uh, I feel like this kid is supposed to be like a um, a similar character to that the kid from uh, Bad Santa. Mm-hmm. Sort of like you or, know, or trick or treat. <laughs> it's, oh, no, pro- yeah. it's probably the same actor, to be honest. Well, it's the same actor from Bad Santa and Trick or Treat, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, I, maybe I, not. I'm f- it's not, I'm it's fairly not campus, certain. But... Yeah, so it's just like that's I don't know if he's like a stereotype now or what, but like that little sort of like not so bright like kid that's just sticking his nose everywhere. It's kind of a funny character actually. So yeah, but still very annoyed with that kid. Don't eat that. But yeah, you have uh you have, you have the mother who's like setting up this very nice dinner, mm-hmm. and you know her her sister would have just been happy having macaroni cheese and hot dog slices for like the umpteenth <laughs> time this week because like that's probably the only thing that she can cook um kind of bitchy tony collette she keeps like <laughs> putting people down she's like you and your trailer i was like take it easy tony shit people gotta live people gotta live <laughs> yeah and little does she know that uh, her aunt is uh with with her sister which really sets her off like, you know, you could have given me a little bit of a heads up. Yeah. 
but uh, I respect that though. You know, the, I respect the fact that like Tony Collette's like very vocal about this mm-hmm. because you know a lot of times you don't get you know people don't have the balls to say like you know what I know their family but I don't want to be around them. They're very very mean and rude, and I don't want to put up with it. So more power to you, Tony. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why the saying is uh, your family is the reason that you drink. <laughs> and you can completely understand why that saying is embodied because of just how some of the characters interact with one another because you have, like, the the uncle mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, Howard, who doesn't really care for Tom at all. Like, he thinks he's a spineless piece of shit, basically. Which is very rude. Uh, and it's not it's not until uh in in Howard's eyes that Tom grew some balls or to like mm-hmm. actually like have a plan of attack on how to like deal with what's happening that like he starts to earn like a, a morsel of respect for him. Uh and but then it just kind of gets thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah, and it's annoying because at no time does like the uh Adam Scott character it, it's not like he has a, a growth arc, right? Mm-hmm. It's just um he he doesn't go from being a weak character to being a strong character. He's just always a strong character, but it's his like brother-in-law who just decides to judge him and be a dick for no reason. Yeah, it's annoying, fucking champ. Yeah. So uh, in, in this movie, things take a turn for the worse at the dinner table, uh, specifically with Max. Because he had finished writing his letter to Santa Claus, which is the tradition that mm-hmm. he has. Uh, and his cousins actually got a hold of the letter and started to read it aloud while Embarrassing uh, wh- while the mom is, you know, uh, getting the Crumb. dessert ready yeah. <laughs> uh, with the Low with torch that li- little torch, the, right. Or whatever, little torch. And whatever the hell she was making, you know, it's creme brulee. <laughs> Uh, you know, the fancy food for the uh, the mac mac and cheese and the uh, hot dog eaters of the family. Uh, and they they don't want that shit, but that's besides the point. Uh, so the cousins start to, like, read it aloud. And, uh, you know, Max is very sincere with what he's wanting from Santa. You know, he's not really looking for anything specifically for him yeah. like he wants to be you know have like the same sort of relationship that he had with the sister where you know they've grown a little bit apart so they're not spending mm-hmm. as much time together uh mom and dad have kind of like fallen out of love so he wants them to kind of like rekindle that flame and appreciate one another again uh life has been hard on you know his aunt and uncle so you know if you could also help them out that would be great and it's just like He's trying to make sure that his family is getting held together. And all the meanwhile, his cousins are just being little shitheads and just seizing him <laughs> because he he still believes. And like they, they go through this whole ordeal where it's like, hey, Maxi Pad, did you did you hear what happened to Santa? And like he got shot down and uh, both of his legs are broken or however the hell it goes. But it's just like, yeah, yeah and, then, the and then he had to eat all eight of his reindeer, including Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time, Max is just like, oh, no, what happens? You know, it's just like these kids are little shitheads, man. Yeah, they suck. Although I really did get a nice uh, satisfaction when they're reading the letter and their part are his cousins are part of it by saying that. <laughs> Or I can't remember how he words it, but like, since we all know that their dad wishes they were boys, because, mm-hmm. they, because he's making tomboys out of his uh, out of his daughters, just hilarious. I thought that was really funny. Those were uh, some tough kids. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're football fans. They're practicing wrestling. I don't know what that meant. Like they're they they were on the wrestling, wrestling team. Well, the, my favorite part being that they're dressed head to toe in hunting gear, which is mm-hmm. pretty funny. Camouflage, Jesus. <laughs> okay so uh i really like the uh advent calendar trope that they used i mean it gets used a lot but mm-hmm. i don't mind it like it's a fucking countdown and i really like advent calendars and i like them so much that i've never been able to honor one i just <laughs> open up all the fucking doors and eat all the candy i mean like it happens slowly like it, you know days one through five i'm right there with you you know one candy at a time and then right around like day eight I'm like, so what? It's the early days of Christmas. The really hot ones are at the end. So I start eating more and more candy until it's only the week of Christmas left. 
And then right around like, you know, the 15th, I'm like, well, fuck it. I've kind of ruined it already. So then I finish it off. And then it's never good chocolate, but, you know, it's just exciting. You know, the the thing that I've always been confused with advent calendars is like mm-hmm. the the assumption that anyone who has one, especially mm-hmm. the kids, is able to show that level of restraint for and an I'm entire, an not even an entire month. I'm talking uh, three and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, that's just preposterous to me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's staring you in the face. I mean, because you've got to display them because they're pretty. Yeah, and, and so it's just staring and, you in the and face you, every day. You know what it includes. <laughs> you know, well, that's the other thing. And that's, you know, the last one's going to be the best. Yeah. <sighs> My fifth. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But you know, this is related. <laughs> uh, by the time this episode airs, there's going to be a movie. Uh, I want to say it's actually called the Advent Calendar. Ooh. Being released on Shudder. So stream it now, as of now, go check it out. Uh, we'll see if it's good or not. Uh, we'll probably end Yay. up watching it on Twisted Tuesday. So quick side you know note. what I'm going to do? On that end. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do the side what, note. What are you going to oh. do? What are you going to do? Okay. I'm going to buy an Advent Calendar and I'm going to eat it all in one sitting watching the Advent Calendar. Ah, yeah. There you go. Bam. I'm so done. excited. Going to Trader Joe's, everyone. I'm, this is a great idea. I'm surprised <laughs> you're not patting me on the back more. Fine. I want to talk about the DHL guy. Who the fuck does their job in the middle of a snowstorm? I mean, I'm, I'm not from the Midwest, so is that typical? Like, does Chicago get that snowy and then you still get people, like, delivering your packages? Yes. Wow. Okay, so here's here, here's the thing. Uh, in the U.S., there are, uh, there are some areas, and I'll, I'll use the South as an example. Uh, so let's say Atlanta or wherever, uh, there's my, like flurries. They shut like everything down because they don't have snow plows. Oh, okay. So like there are certain areas that are just accustomed to winter. You know, the Midwest is definitely one of those areas where, you know, just like, oh. That's what it is. There's snow. It's like, okay. (laughs) We're not going to stop living. Now, that's not, that's not to say that like people know how to drive in the snow because uh they, they don't they don't drivers don't just freeze to death in their trucks outside of your home uh i i haven't i haven't experienced that myself uh i mean have you looked yes Maybe that's what's happening yeah uh it's not so bad that i can't see across the street oh okay then again it's also there's no snow outside so you know it hasn't it hasn't been to that point we've only had a few blizzards in my lifetime here uh are they fun or do they suck I, I guess that depends on like how much snow you're talking about. Like I, there was one year it snowed so much that I could literally open my window in my bedroom mm-hmm. and jump out the window. <laughs> wow! Uh, this is a second floor, not just like you know. Yeah, first second, 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 second just, floor. <laughs> okay, that's why that's why it's cool. Okay, cool. cool, cool. Uh, you know, because there'd be enough padding. Uh, but yeah, it it can be really great or really terrible. Uh, especially if you don't have a snowplow. If you're if you're one of those people who only shovel snow, I I feel for you. If you live in the Midwest, because uh, some people are one really bad at it, two they don't know how to make their life easier, or maybe they're just they they don't know how to operate a snowplow, even though it would they're a snowblower because it would happen so much and it makes My things father, so much quicker. My father-in-law lives in uh, Cleveland or outside of Cleveland, <laughs> and he gets snow and. He has, I didn't know this was a thing. He has a heated driveway. Hmm. Okay. I, like, how much did that fucking cost? That sounds incredibly expensive. Where you just fucking flip a switch and then you watch the snow melt and then you drive away? Damn. As opposed to, uh, letting it just, you know, melt by the sun or, like, grabbing salt pellets. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's hmm. exactly that's exactly the. I that. <laughs> I honestly did not know that was a thing either. I'll have to look into. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. you know, like tear tear up your your driveway Google. and then like repave it. Yeah, Google he, that. He shit. did he did much, driveway. How much is it? How much is a cost? Uh, uh, for a heated, is uh, it more good, than a, a heated question. pool? Probably I'm, not as much. No, I'm, no more than I I'm not. I'm not clicking on any of the ads that are at the top. I'm going to go to the first yeah, one under that's... underneath the ad. Okay, how much does a heated driveway cost? 
See, we're gonna learn something new every time we record. All right, we're what is contractors by the time? Uh, this was released in uh, February of this year. Okay, let's see this. How much does it cost? Ooh, All right, cost at a glance. He did driveway. Uh, oh my god, this this range is fucking ridiculous. Okay, so you have a high quality portable mat, uh, portable. which which ranges between sixteen hundred and three thousand dollars. Uh, you have a so hot. A you have a hot water system, uh, which is four thousand to seventy five hundred. Uh, insulation cost is actually nothing. It's oh, really low. Not like not not even enough. Not enough to warrant me telling you that it's twenty dollars or below. Oh wow! That doesn't sound right to me. Like if no. you're having someone no. coming out, no. like insulation fees are always a bitch, or just like the. The what the work cost uh, and the low okay the low to high total price range is anywhere between four thousand dollars on the low range uh-huh. to fifteen thousand dollars on the high end. You know what? I that's not as bad as I thought. I thought it was going to be like oh a hundred thousand dollars to tear up your driveway, put down some sort of like coils, mm-hmm. cave over it again, boom. I have no fucking clue how that driveway works. So my my guess is it these are just different different ways of doing it. So it you e- you yeah. either have like the mat system or you have cheap. You have like the the water heated driveway. Which I'm not even sure how that works. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna bore anyone with the logistics of yeah, uh, heated driveway. <laughs> uh, but anyways, okay, so. You have you have the the grandma character uh, who is a very interesting character because like initially like she was supposed to be like deaf in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was but, supposed to be deaf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, I didn't get that from that character. No, no. <laughs> but you know you get, just got like this old German lady uh, who's like really the only one who knows what's going on and like there's that whole. Um, is it back, always a, you you have like that people. backstory which is like set in like a like a. It's not claymation. Um, it's like it's animated, but it, it is, it was it is really animated. Nice. Uh, telling her, cool. like telling like the the backstory, backstory. of Krampus yeah. and how uh, she was kind of like left as a reminder of what happens like when you. I'm trying to remember how they they worded it, uh, but like when you go against like the beliefs of uh, Christmas, oh, sure, basically. Sure. Uh, but like she's the only one who has any inclination of what's happening. Uh, you know, she's basically trying to maintain the family's composure as all this stuff is starting to unfold. Uh, you know, she's making hot cocoa over the fireplace. She's ensuring that the fire is always, uh, lit. That way Krampus can't just come, you know, down the chimney and start whipping the kids. That would depend on what mythos you want to use, because that's the primary one. (laughs) Uh, but, you know, the, the, everything just starts to go to shit when, uh... Max rips up his letter to Santa so he doesn't believe anymore and it gets blown into the wind and, you know, Krampus starts to go, go into town. I thought town. it was an overreaction. I mean, Jesus. I mean, that that wasn't much of a summoning of a demon. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> nope. But, you know, it heralds in this giant snowstorm that appears out of nowhere, you know, like like they do. You know, you got the DSL driver coming out delivering packages, and of course, there's like this giant red sack of uh, presents, quote, uh, which is really the the toys of terror. Trojan, uh, <laughs> the Trojan horse, the Trojan horse. There we go. <laughs> but the I, I, I terror, think yeah. I, I think the most unbelievable aspect of this story has nothing to do with Krampus. Mm-mm. It's the mom basically being like telling her daughter, uh, her teenage daughter, and Beth is just like, you know, I want to go check on my boyfriend. He's like four blocks away. There's a giant snowstorm outside still happening. And uh, her mom just doesn't care. Like, she's like, okay, yeah, just, you know, be back by nightfall. Oh, and it's just well. like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. I mean, if you were in a blizzard, you really wouldn't go walking four blocks and then back. Or you think you'd die. And I, you know what? I shouldn't really be talking about this. I grew up in the desert. <laughs> so I have no fucking uh, frame of reference. Yeah. So, yeah, it's too dangerous. Okay, good to know. Good to know. I, I mean, it's. Just- it can be, but I, I guess like the whole thing for her, it's more, 
You, she she swayed the per perception of, oh, not only am I going to go check that, I'm going to see if our like neighbors have power, even though we know for a fact that the neighbors were like all on vacation in like tropical areas. Damn. And, and the, mob, the mob still lets her go. It's just like, Look wait who's a been paying attention. I can see you didn't take an edible. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so recon mission. Beth has uh, visited her boyfriend. Uh, who's celebrating the holiday by ripping his candy cane bon, uh, which she, <laughs> she, right. she'd want to be partaking in, uh, but she can't because she's stuck with her family, like most teenagers are during the holidays. Uh, and you have the dad and the uncle going on a little recon around town to see uh, what's going on and to also find Beth. Uh, so when they get to the boyfriend's house, you know, the, you see the, the hoof marks. Uh, of Krampus, and you know, Beth also did kind of have a run-in with Krampus on her her way uh, over oh, to yeah. her boyfriend's house, where you know you have the whole hiding underneath like the van, and then you hear like the the clomps of the the hooves like hitting the ground, and that was like one of the things that I really liked about this movie is Krampus just as a character. It's a very distinct look. Obviously, you know, you got you got like that whole like silhouette. You got uh, you know the the red robe. You got the the horns. Uh, depending on like the depiction, it kind of varies uh, with mythos and also uh, film iterations. Uh, but this this Krampus almost seemed like he was wearing like a mask of sorts. Oh yeah, which was different too. And I couldn't really like put my my finger on like what it was supposed to represent. But I thought that yeah. was also an interesting take. I thought it was supposed to be Santa. Well, I mean, not be Santa, but you know what I mean, like a twisted form of Santa. Okay. It was a very creepy face. And I don't even think that was his face. It was a mask. Yeah. Right? Creepy. That's good. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, because he couldn't have killed Santa. And I normally, and I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it, right? I normally don't like movies where um, they they end up coming out with, oh, it was all a dream. You know? <laughs> And they definitely do that in this movie. But it does give them the opportunity to very violently kill off the parents, which was very surprising because you think like, oh, you know, if you're going to pay for Tony Collette, you want to use Tony Collette. Uh, and so, yeah, it was kind of cool to be like uh, very surprised by the fact that they take it there, you know? All right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, so during during this whole recon mission too, you have Howard getting attacked and dragged away in the diaper snow. Uh... <laughs> I, I still can't get over the fact that most of the snow that was on the ground was just like shredded diapers. You know, kind of kind of brings a new meaning to uh, "Don't eat the yellow snow." <laughs> Obviously, they weren't dirty diapers, Gross. but that's besides the point. But just the thought the thought of that being what that was, it's just like, wait, what? Uh, but you know, Tom actually is able to to free Howard from uh, the creature's grasp, and I, I'm pretty sure it was like the Jack in a Box, which was the thing that was like underneath, like burrowing underneath the snow. Yeah, because of the face. Mm-hmm. Oof. And that was probably my favorite creature from the movie was the Jack in the Box. Okay. Because it's so fucking terrifying. Well, I I I would not say that was my favorite creature. Out, out what of was your them. favorite creature? I would have to go with the scare bear. <gasps> That's right. The scare bear. <laughs> oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, because it's got the sharp claws, it's got the big the big mouth that opens and the really sharp teeth. It's pretty good. I like the idea of having the different size uh, monsters, though. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you've got the, the little gingerbread man. You've got the little, uh, you know, uh, sort of, you know, robot. The Scare Bear is a pretty good size, but he's still pretty short. Mm -hmm. And then the the angel, which is just fucking batshit crazy. But then you have the Jack in the Box, which is gigantic. And and that's it. So you get, like, the creepy crawlies from the, the different size you know, monsters, which is pretty fun. I like that. You know, best part about the Dragon in the Box too is just the fact that like its mouth opens <laughs> in like three different spots. Yeah. So, you know, it's able to just swallow the kids whole. Which is good <laughs> that those teeth don't actually do anything because they were pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you know, Uncle Howard uh doesn't believe in this evil Santa. Uh which you know, it's kind of what kind of seals his fate uh, in in the long run. And, you know, he's yeah. he wants to go out to, to look for his boy after uh, he's enticed by eating the gingerbread man that comes oh, on the steel chain down the chimney and gets pulled straight up. 
Uh, but, you know, when Howard goes outside, you know, you see, like, that army of snowmen, uh, which uh, is basically just there for a show, and then the elves, or Santa's elves, are yeah. kind of, like, behind uh, the snowmen. That's pretty good. And those are freaky as shit, because they were just human-sized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much much different uh, from from what you would expect. Uh, but the other yeah, thing, yeah, much more of a home invasion vibe yeah. after that scene. Yeah, Howard doesn't want to go outside at that point after he sees that. Uh, but you know, one of the other things I really liked, and this this is also true with Gremlins, uh, you know, the dog has a, has a pretty good idea of what's happening. Yeah, you know, you got like that sense of danger, and uh, you know, he, he he saves Howard's ass. With the gingerbread man. That was a man. great little scene. He <laughs> just eats it. And you're like, oh yeah, the dog just ate the monster, the little gingerbread man. That was great. <laughs> but yeah, that that fight scene in the kitchen with Howard and a gingerbread man is definitely one of my favorite sequences uh, in that movie because you know you have these cookies who just don't give a shit, just trying to light <laughs> Howard up with like this nail gun. Yeah, uh, it's, uh- it's there's these two very interesting uh, uh, sequences, right? So you've got the the attic, which is really scary. Mm-hmm. Everything's dark. Things are coming up, you know, from different places. You've got the toy centipede, freaking jack in the box. It's just terrifying. Uh, and then you have the and and he's swallowing people. And then you have the the gingerbread scene, which is in a well lit kitchen. Everything's really colorful. Uh, it's just, it's a different sort of, you know, environment and it's mm-hmm. a lot, it's, it's a little bit more fun though. Right. Cause you can see things and, and you can even see the, how things are being, are going to be handled, you know? So it, it's, it's just a more enjoyable thrill ride. I mean, not more enjoyable. It's just easier to digest rather than like the actually, you know, haunted house mm-hmm. fucking shit that's going on upstairs. I don't know. If it, if you have a similar scene to Shrek, you're it's gonna be fun, right? That's <laughs> what I'm trying to get at. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, not not the gumdrop buttons, or in this case, you know, you don't want to try to like bite the damn head off. You know that that boy had it coming after after oh, he did he that had it because you get you got you didn't Ugh. you didn't have the instantaneous reaction from the gingerbread man. Which I thought made it more comical. Yeah, that was pretty great. Because, <laughs> like, he wakes up from, like, his sense of sleep or whatever you want to call it. And then he just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> I I love that. Uh, <laughs> it's So the gingerbread man is wrapped in, like, I don't know if it's tinsel or, like, string lights. And there's, there's, there's little bells attached to it so that they're trying to wake up the kid, right? So they're just they're jiggling it like bait. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. They're fishing for a kid, and they got one. Yep. Quick, reel them in. Yeah, but but the thing that I really like about the creatures is it it reminds me so much of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I can see that absolutely. Or like, uh, shit, like Batman Returns with like the penguin. <laughs> With the terror yeah, toys in in this case, because you know it's yeah. it's what you would come to expect. You know, you have like these these very stereotypical things, and then it's you're nice. like, how can we make this scary? All right, we're gonna add sharp teeth. Okay, we're gonna make it be. It's gonna be able to detach its jaw to swallow kids whole. <laughs> but like the 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 angel too was was interesting because uh, well, you know it kind of like it it has like that almost birthing of like the gremlin where like you see like the the ear flaps like opening up slowly (laughs) yeah that was creepy although i will say that uh the big scary part of the angel is the the motion Mm -hmm. and if you keep if you close your eyes too much it actually makes it scarier than just if you keep your eyes open and you look right at the angel you're like oh it's not that bad except for when it comes that little tongue comes out it keeps looking tony cola on the side of the face that was very creepy yeah and uh, you know, much much like the uh, the gremlins, like uh, the the angel bitch likes to uh, strain up humans with the uh, with Christmas lights. So yeah, that was that was a, a good fight scene there for sure. And then you got <laughs> Mama Fargo coming through, saving the day. That was pretty great as well. Yeah, she she gotta have yeah. her gotta have her moment. But at the end of the day, you know the the adults are trying to save their kids, and it's it's just all for naught. <laughs> Feels feels bad, man. <laughs> so, how did you feel about the 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 multiple fake endings? 
you know, I I, I think I, I think when you do one, it's it's fine. But I, I think the whole fake out has just gotten to a point where it's become it's such a, a stereotypical thing for the genre that when yeah. it does happen, it kind of makes you roll your eyes. It really does. It makes you a little annoyed for sure. Um, I was uh, I was a little annoyed by it, but like I was saying, at least through the fake out, you really got to go. You got to you got to get to a place where you're like very surprised mm-hmm. that they're killing off the parents or like the leading characters. You're like, oh shit, what the, this movie's ballsy, and they're like, never mind, happy end, and you're like, oh, I guess okay. And then of course you've got the the third fake out with the with the snow globes. Mm-hmm. Which is like clearly, I don't know what clearly, but it's like they're trapped in that in Christmas forever now. They belong to Krampus. They're trapped in a snow globe. Yeah, and you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, Max learns a valuable lesson in, in life. There are no take backs. <laughs> you know, he's trying to strike a deal with Krampus. Like, oh, take me, set my set my family free, and Krampus is like, "Fuck you, man! <laughs> I'm taking you with." <laughs> Oh, we're all going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, Max, you know, he just, he wanted to uh, just have that perfect Christmas, you know, back like it used to be. And, you know, he, he got that. And he's just kind of like trapped in that own world inside of that snow globe that's, you know, just on the shelf of Krampus's uh, trophy room or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is this like a happy ending or a sad ending? It's an ending. It's it it is an ending. Uh I mean, I, I guess in one sense Max did get what he wanted by the end of it. Uh he he got his family back, maybe not to the degree that he wanted, but his family is there and that's really all that he wanted. Because uh, initially he just he was just gonna give up his life for his his family's sake, uh, and in this case, he is just imprisoned with his family. So I guess for him, it's technically a win because he didn't die in the process. Oh yeah, quote, quote die. <laughs> but you know, such... I mean, he's it's pretty. He's deathy. he's he's, he's pretty <laughs> dead. Li- but at least living. he he's he's in his best state of mind for what he okay, wanted. Yeah. I I guess is the best way to put it. That's the end of Brazil too. I don't know if that's a good ending though. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> well, you got your buddy to blame, Mr. Doggerty. That is true. What else has he uh, directed other than Trigger Treat? Godzilla. What's that? He did Godzilla. Godzilla? I'm trying to remember if he did Godzilla versus Connor was one of the other ones. So I'll double check. That's pretty good. But, but Trick or Treat and Krampus are definitely uh, there, huh? his bigger ones. Let's see here. Director. It was uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019. Okay. That's pretty recent. See, I see Trick or Treat 2 announced. Ooh. On, on the IMDb, but uh, still, still very few details on that. That's another one of those where it's like, okay, it's been on and off so many times that I don't know if it's actually happening. The idea is out there, and by... I think he's also supposed to be doing the Hellraiser TV series. Whoa, that's cool. Which is another thing. Uh, So I'll keep my eyes on that, too. For sure. But uh, all in all, Krampus, really fun movie, and, you know, very akin to, to Gremlins in just the way that it is set up. You know, initially just being, okay, we're going to hone in on Christmas. And then you slowly unravel into more of the horror. You know, Obviously, there are comedy bits as well. Uh, and then, of course, you have just the batshit absurdity sequences once you get to see the terror toys fully unleashed in all of their glory. Dealing with the children. You know, just stabbing Adam Scott like 1,800 times with the robot. All the good stuff. Gingerbread men fight in, shoot nail guns. <laughs> getting eaten. Get it, getting eaten. eaten by dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and small and small children. Yeah. No 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 one is safe. No one is safe. Yep. It's Krampus. <sighs> well, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing next week? Next week is gonna be an interesting week because we are talking about not one. Uh, versus. 
but two movies. Uh, we are discussing Ooh. Silent Night, Deadly Night, released in 1984, as well as its remake, which came out in 2012, named Silent Night. And I know, guys, I know there's like 18 movies named Silent Night. There's another <laughs> one released in this year. There was one that came out like last year. <clears throat> but we're talking about the one uh, that has Courtney Palm in it, who is, uh, I've been smitten by ever since I saw Zombievers for the first time, and uh, she has a great scene in this movie as well. Uh, but Silent Night 2012 was a pretty good movie from what I remember, so I cannot okay. wait to uh, to revisit it. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've seen these, so I'm very excited too. Well, it has Malcolm McDowell in it, which was like the, the big thing for me uh, when I first heard about this. I love that. So he, he, he plays like the main cop in the movie. I'd wish she'd do more shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll have our we'll have our versus next week. We'll we'll sort out how we want to like actually discuss it if we're gonna have like a scoring format just for like the head to head or talk about the different ways that the story kind of like differentiates sure, yeah. or we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. It's it's gonna be a new thing for us, and we're also gonna do the same thing with Black Christmas uh, later in the month as well. So stay Perfect. tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, for now, it's I think the holiday season. It absolutely is, and uh, you know, watch watch where you're stepping in the snow. You you don't know if there's a creepy jack in a box trying to uh, drag you under. Yeah, happy holidays, <laughs> merry Christmas, all of them, all of the above. But anyways, if you guys want to contact us and the podcast, you know, all the good stuff, you can contact us a number of ways. You can find us on Instagram and. Uh, YouTube at Hand of Whisker Pod. Of course, you know, we, we're going to be doing our Tree Veg uh, blind watch for you uh, on, on our YouTube, which I can't wait because I love that short and I know you're going to enjoy it. And it's just, it is a definite B-movie short, which makes it that much better because it, it basically follows the story of uh, the trees. I, I know this is going to be hard to piece together. Getting revenge on the humans for cutting them down. For the Finally. holiday season. About time. You're like, this is a golden idea. How come anyone hasn't done it yet? Mm-hmm. Well, someone has, and it's glorious, and I can't wait for you to watch it. <laughs> it's going to be a good time, so stay tuned for that, because it's, oh, it's it's so good. Uh, That'll be great. But outside of that, of course, you can email us at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. Find our website at handlewithscarepod.com. But for now, guys, that is going to do it. For us here tonight on Handle with Scare, you've been listening to episode 37, talking all about Krampus and uh, things we've camped out for on Black Friday and other miscellaneous things <laughs> along the way. Waffle irons. <laughs> well, yeah, waffle irons. You know, know like, that says so much <laughs> about the both of us, but that's completely besides the point. Until next time, guys, you enjoy your week, and we'll see you next week.